Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Great Romance Podcast Season 2. And I'm excited about this person, but here's what's funny. I've been told about this individual from a mutual friend. And I haven't, I don't think I've even told you this. Uh, this is Blake Neesmith, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Blake and I have a mutual friend in DJ Dangerfield who's been on the podcast. Nice. And this is what I haven't told you because originally when I reached out to you, might have even been like, who is this guy? Why does he want me on his, you know, what's the deal? But every time that I would go play at DJ's church, every time, and I don't know what your relationship is exactly with him, but I would start to, I'm going to use the word vent uh-huh. about the music industry. Yeah, for sure. And I would talk about it and I swear to you, Every time I did, he would go, yeah, you need to talk to my boy, Blake. <laughs> I mean, just everything I would say, you know, the good, the bad, the whatever. And he would always go like, dude, I really need to connect the yeah. two of you. And so that's kind of where this came from. And not, not that I'm setting this up as, oh, so you guys are just going to get on here and complain about Christian music. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I believe that you have an insight. And I, I am interested to hear as much as you want to share. And then we also sure. just realized we have a common love of baseball. <laughs> we, we didn't we, plan that. We will have to talk about that. Um, so Blake uh, was with the band Finding Favor. Yep. And so I've, you know, done a little bit of online research. But um, what, like, when did you start the band? How did you kind of get into it? And the one question I did have is like, did you always like as a young kid have a dream of growing up and starting a Christian band and traveling the country? Was that like your goal? How did yeah. it kind of start? Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me on. First of all, yeah, man, it's really cool. I've heard of you guys before, by the way. So okay, yeah, DJ is awesome. Uh, oh, such a good nice. yeah, <laughs> such one of the funny shows we ever played, and he probably heard me. Uh, I went through a season. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But, <laughs> uh, anyways, long story short, uh, you know, I grew up in the church from an early age. Uh, I mean, that's all I remember. I probably cut my teeth on the pews. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, I started um, traveling around with my dad a little bit. He had a he had like this gospel band. They had like live music. It wasn't like the quartet style. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, it was a little bit more uh, energetic, but okay. it was still gospel. But it was just they had like a full band and stuff like that. Okay. So, okay. So um, they did local stuff just around. I'm from Georgia originally, and so we did local stuff like weekend stuff. He had a full time job, and uh, you know, I'd go with him all the time, man. And I remember a, a young kid just really being into the music, yeah. and you know just what I was around. Right. I guess probably by the time I hit 12 years old, I, I started really like listening to um, certain songs and wondering why I like those songs and, you know, just all kind of stuff and just kind of, just, you know, digging into it a little bit more, if you will. Right. And uh, my parents always, they said I would, I'd be in the bathtub or something when I was a kid, just like singing or something like that. And they were yeah. like, oh, he's terrible. <laughs> He'll never be a singer or anything like that. And so, um, uh, I guess I hit puberty or something and my voice changed because <laughs> around that time, 13, 14, man, uh, I think it was the first time I ever got up in, in church and sung a song by myself. And, and it was like this immediate, like, I, you know, I grew up playing sports and all that stuff. And I, you know, I made the all-star team and things like that in baseball. But yeah. it was always just like, good job, man. But this was something like when I, I remember it was, it was pretty immediate when I got on stage and I started singing. People would come up to me and just be like, whoa, that's different. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it, it, just, it just felt like it, it, came, it came natural as well, which you know, it, it, it probably did in some form or fashion, but, uh, you know, I, I started doing that more and more. And, 
uh, we had these little church, our, our, our denomination had this summer camp uh, church talent contest. Okay. Uh, and, and what ended, denomination did you, did you grow up? Like it was Pentecostal. It was church okay. of God. Right. And I entered that a few times and like got runner up every time. And so, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people in it. So I was like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> then my, my dad transitioned my mom. She could sing. My sister could sing. I have a sister. She's two years younger than me. We transitioned and uh, he, he got out of that band and we started singing together. Okay. So we started kind of doing the local thing where we were traveling around, you know, on the weekends. And I, I just got a lot of um, fights under my belt, if you will, with that. Yeah. And I, I guess it was probably 18 years old, maybe 19, the first Casting Crowns record came out. Right. I, and I heard it and I was like, man, this is, this is more of what I'm into right here. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I uh, started just kind of picking around on the guitar and, and trying to write songs and trying to do all that stuff. And I had this buddy who ended up being a part of the band for, you know, until, until it was over. But right. uh, uh, he lived probably 10 miles from me. He was the only guy I knew that played guitar. <laughs> and, uh, and so we started getting together and uh, writing songs and stuff. And it was crazy. It was just like one thing after another happened, man. And things started falling into place and we'd write a song or I, we, we'd write a song and people would really like it. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure even why they liked it, you know, at that right, point. Right. I was just trying to get in there and just move stuff around till it worked, you know. Yeah. And how old were you about that time? I was probably I was probably around eighteen or nineteen. Okay. Yeah, and so we started. We 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 actually came up. I live in Spring Hill, Tennessee now. Okay. So this was actually the first place we came up to um, from Georgia to record a five song EP mm-hmm. with a guy named Barry Blair, who was the original guitar player for Audio Adrenaline. Oh, yeah. So right. we so, talking about so, language. Yeah. So we did that and um, came back home and the local radio station started playing it. It was just a great response. So then about a year and a half later, we came back and we did a full record. Okay. During this time, uh, Barry was like, hey, man, I'm, I've started an independent record label and I'd really like to sign you guys. And we were like, what? I mean, <laughs> what does that even look like? What does right. that mean? And so we ended up signing, you know, I, I don't even know what I signed, but we signed something <laughs> at a Mexican restaurant <laughs> in our hometown. I remember we had to get a, uh, we had to get a lady that uh, is a notary. Oh yeah. There to, to, and we were at the Mexican restaurant in our hometown and we sat around and signed these few papers, man, and, <laughs> and sent it back up to them. And, Anyways, yeah, we ended up doing that record, and and nothing ever came of that. Actually, it was a okay. it was a it was a weird season, but uh, a lot of learning from that. And I said, making a long story short, but I'm just telling you the flow of everything. <laughs> no, man, this is good. No. Uh, we we ended up playing. Um, we started getting a lot of more a lot more opportunities playing out of state and started traveling a little bit i remember we did a month tour right after that record um up through south and north dakota all the way to uh seattle and oregon all that stuff man, do it was, like 15 passenger van trailer kind oh of for thing? sure yeah 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 for sure yeah we were uh just a bunch of rednecks riding around in the snow <laughs> man it was it was <laughs> it was uh scary i mean there was one time this is this is off subject, but uh, we actually played. There's this Netflix. Uh, there's a Netflix show that's out, documentary about this cult <laughs> that was out in the middle of 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 nowhere, Oregon. Yes, and I cannot remember the guy's name. I cannot either, but I know what you're talking about. It dug on it. So, I might Google it while you're talking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. I remember we actually played a camp there. So it, they've trained. Oh, it's, right. it's actually a church camp now. 
Um, and we played it. And I remember we were driving out there and I was like, where are we, bro? This looks so weird. It's, it's crazy. It's beautiful, but it's crazy. Like, Is it wild, wild country? Yes, sir. That's it. Man. All right. So we played that place, dude. And it had this little eerie feel to it, man, for sure. And uh, I didn't know that story until I watched that documentary. And I was like, dude, that's where we played. That's the name of the place. You were there. You were there. So that was a part of that first month tour. We actually, there was like this mountainside that you had to drive. Um, she had to drive on to get around to this place. And our, our brakes actually went out on us going down this mountain, dude. And we had to kind of swerve the van into the side of the mountain to slow it down. So, yeah, a lot of crazy these, stuff. Man. These are the parts, though, that people don't think nah, about. Yeah, and, nobody's ever heard that stuff. And that's why I, want, I, I wanted you to talk. And I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but just no, to you're say, good. and I don't know if you were the same way I was. I, I remember when we first got started, I just remember walking by main stage and mm-hmm. going, if you're on main stage, that means you've made it. <laughs> and that's where I want to be. So all uh-huh. I got to do is I got to get on that main stage and then the money and all the stuff takes care of itself. <laughs> and I mean, were you like prepared, like in your wildest dream, were you like, yeah, we're going to play 150, 200 dates driving around in a van. Our brakes are going to go out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Man. You're not prepared. You're just, you're just excited to, to, yeah, honestly, man, it's, it's, for me, it was always, and I'm still this way in everything that I do. It's always just like, what's the next step? What's the, I, I really don't look, I, I have dreams and stuff, but I don't look like five years in advance, man. It's just like, especially with what we do, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you just got to take one step at a time and see where it goes. But uh, it's getting back to the, to the other part. Uh, after that, we actually played this showcase up in um, this is North Nashville. Okay. And it was uh, I and O at the time. Now they're French. Right. Yes. Uh, we played a showcase. Uh, it was like this cattle call with all these bands that were there. And two, I think there were two or three bands that made it to the final. And you had to, they called your name and you got to go back up and play another song. And wow. out of those three bands, two of them was Finding, Fa- Finding Favor and Royal Taylor Band, which is uh, no, now Torn Wells, you know. Torn Wells, yeah. And so I've known Torn f- forever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we did that. We actually got offered a record deal from that. Um, we started talking to, to the A&R guy that was there and established a great relationship. Um, so we ended up, man, right at that point, we, we – kind of felt like, all right, let's, let's kind of have some conversations here. A major record label is interested right, in this. Right. So we started having conversations with all these cats, man. And we ran, we went around the block twice. Like yeah. we either passed on record deals or record labels would pass on us. And it happened twice for like all of the labels. <laughs> we do showcases, man. And then they'd come back. Let's do another one. It was crazy. Nothing ever was work. It, it, it seemed like nothing was ever going to work out. And so we were right here um, towards the, we were right there uh, probably two years into having these conversations. A lot of people think it's like you're sitting at a table and this, you know, this guy just slides a piece of paper across the table, say sign this. And it don't work that way. It's a long process with lawyers and stuff like that. And so um, we get deep into some of these uh, you know, I'm probably still p- paying lawyer fees from 10 years ago. So who knows? <laughs> right. But uh, we were pretty deep in with a label called Centricity. Okay. And, you know, having, you know, great conversations with them. And I was in a writing session one day with a guy named Chris Stevens. And Chris's uh, dad had just passed away. And we wrote a song called Slip On By, which ended up being our first single. Right. Um, and we were, we were there. Actually, my, my guys were, were, were uh, rehearsing. We were about to head out on tour. I think it was a band called Down Here. Um, oh, yeah, man. We were about to head out on tour with. And they were rehearsing and stuff like that. And Chris had asked me to come in and finish the song with him. 
And so we were writing and he was like, Hey man, yeah, I got to get another write coming in about 1230. So we got until like, you know, nine to 1230 to, to work on this. I was like, cool. You know, so we were deep into it. We lost track of time. All of a sudden the door cracks open. Toby Mack walks in. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Tell me. All right. <laughs> Toby Mack. <laughs> so, um, so he, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm Toby. And I was like, I'm Blake, you know, he's like, what are you guys up to? Just writing a song, man. He's like, Oh, you're a songwriter. I was like, yeah, I mean, try to be, you know, I also sing for a band. He was like, what band? I was like, band called Finding Favor. He's like, Oh, I never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Toby. And, yeah. And, uh, what band were you with again, Toby? I'm not familiar with the <laughs> yeah, Exactly. CD rap. Yeah. What is that? Uh -huh. White guy rapping. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So Chris was like, Hey, let me play you this. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting on the couch, like in the back of the studio room, Toby's in between Chris and Chris is sitting at the desk, you know? And oh my gosh, dude. So he, he, Mashes space bar, the song starts playing. Toby's just looking at the screen the whole time. I can't see anything. I'm behind him. I'm like, he he has to hate this. It's so right. different than anything that he does. You know, song finishes, true story. He tells the same story. I mean, I've heard him tell it to people as well. Um, as soon as the song finished, he turned around, he looked at me. He's like, I want to sign you to a record deal, bro. And uh, yeah. That heck? quick, it was the whole slide the slide the paper across uh -huh. the table thing. Um, well, because I knew you guys were with Goatee, and I was like, "How did?" Yeah, you for sure. Yeah, it was. It was, and he's. I don't think he's ever done that before. And uh, at at that point, I don't know if he's done it since. But uh, man, and he he goes back to say now it was all about the songwriting for him. He it, that song made him feel something. Right. And uh, you know, we met we met with goatee the next morning, bro. I mean, he was dead Indeed. serious. He was there, everything. And so um he was like, dude, you know, I wanna take you guys on tour with tour with me. I wanna do all this stuff, which we, we ended up doing, you know, but uh it was a great decision. I'm glad we did it. I learned so much um and built so many great relationships. Um now fast forward, you know, probably I don't know. Uh, I think we were up until about two years ago, we were the longest standing band at, on, on Goatee at that point. Mm -hmm. I think we, we ended up starting talking to them around 2009, 10. Okay. And uh, then, you know, it's 2021. And I think our last tour was probably two years ago, maybe 18 mm -hmm. or 17. So maybe three years ago now. Um, uh, I don't remember last year is so yeah it's hard to it's hard to remember what day it is in this world that we uh, live last in. year was crazy so anyways um <laughs> yes yeah, so um we uh you know fast forward uh around 2017 or 18 I can't remember right off the top of my head but probably around 2016 I'll say this around 2016 Man, I just started uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier. I just started kind of getting jaded, man. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anything to do with the success that we were having on radio or anything like that. But there was a part of me that felt um, like I was supposed to have all the answers. Hmm. And people expected me to have all the answers. Right. And it, it, dude, it ate me alive. It really did. And just every time we'd have to go back and uh, do any type of signing lines or, or autographs or anything like that, man. And somebody would come up to me and ask me, you know, what am I supposed to do about this? Or, um, do you, you know, can you, can you pray for me over this? Which I, I don't mind the praying. I, I, I love praying for people and stuff like that. But it was, it was more like they wanted advice and stuff that I, you know, I was struggling with things in my life. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm right. trying to answer some of these questions that I've got, you know? Right. And uh, you know, it, it, it became one of these things that started just chipping away at me, man. And, and I had so many great people around me that continued to, to guide me through that. But 
and, and there's more to it than just that. I mean, you're traveling all the time. You're away from your family. Uh, you know, there's just things that just, you know, some, you go play certain shows when people have their fingers in their ears the whole time. They're just there to support the church, but they absolutely do not like what you're doing. Right. Um, and that was always rough for me because I was, I felt like we were sacrificing. We were really trying to play songs that, yeah. that, you know, ministered to people and right. certain people just because they didn't like the style of music that we did, you know, would yeah. turn their heads the other way, you know, and that, that hurt. And so, uh, you know, you're a human being, dude, I think yeah, for sure. something that people forget about, uh, just even as you're talking about this, you know, um, even playing that song for Toby Mac, mm-hmm. I think I think some people might look at that and be like, well, yeah, man, like that was an opportunity. And it's this thing. Yeah, but writing a song is taking a piece of yourself, putting it out there for people. And so even though you know because of experience and what you're told that, well, look, man, you know, like everybody doesn't like everything and blah, blah, blah. Like even though you know that, that still doesn't mean that you're not a human being who if Toby would have turned around and been like, that's hot garbage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you wouldn't have been like, well, crap. Well, maybe I'm not good. Or if Toby Mac doesn't think it's good, blah, blah, blah. And I think sometimes what you said about people coming up and asking for advice and prayer and things, I know they don't mean anything, but, but I, I'm with you in the fact of just going like, I'm on the same journey you're on Mm -hmm. trying to figure out life. And so I have some of the same issues like if sometimes somebody I'm sure asks you something, you might've wanted to go, well, Hey, well, what do you think about that? Cause I'm actually going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy for us to go, well, you know, but they signed a record deal. They went on tour. He's, mm-hmm. he's friends with Toby Mac. Everything's got to be great. And then almost like if you, if you say, Hey, it's not great. Mm-hmm. People look at you like, what do you mean? How dare yeah. you feel that way? Sorry, I just jumped in. And I'm no, like, it's just like I'm trying. Like people are like, I'm trying to get where you are, and you ain't happy, you know. Right. And it was just, I mean, like I said, for me, it it wasn't about. I I think obviously I took certain things for granted. I think most people do when they're when they you know just part of life they take certain yeah. things for granted. But uh, you know, I knew I knew that what we were doing was 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 special but it just uh i don't know it's still hard to really explain and Mm -hmm. and to even get really deep into it just it it felt at times that you know it was it was just a real struggle and so you know around 2018 we were on tour with toby and we were in between the in between that time we toured with some of our favorite artists that we had. Dude, I remember one of my, I got to tour with Jeremy Camp mm-hmm. and I became friends with him. I, I loved Jeremy growing up, man. I just yeah. thought he was amazing. We got to play shows with every artist there is, you know, in, in the Christian music industry, festivals, everything. We, we got to do it all. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was amazing, amazing tours that we were on. But we were on an arena tour, bro with Toby playing the sold out crowds every night and I was miserable. Not, not necessarily, you know, the music or being around the people. I just knew that, you know, it was time to do something else. Right. right and dude. so I just, I just felt out of place. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I kind of moved away from that and I started, um, I, I told my guys, they, they, they knew it was coming. They could they see it. And yeah. so we're still all good. We love each other, man. Nothing ended in a bad way. Um, our drummer, our old drummer last night actually played on Kimmel last night with a, with another artist. So that was super cool oh, to see you. that. And, um, and it's good when it can end that way too. Dude, we're, we're still we're such like good that. friends. We we're on group text together and stuff. And, they, you know, it, it was just one of those things. But uh, so I, I, I moved away from that um, after that tour, started um, uh, speaking for um, for child sponsorship organizations like child poverty organizations like Food for the Hungry World Vision 
And so I still actually go out on tours and um, I'm actually leaving in two weeks with uh, Zach Williams to do 48, 48 dates wow. all over the place, man. And which Zach's one of my very best friends. Um, we took him out on tour right at the time he was, he started hitting it hard and, yeah. and just, you know, just became buddies. He lives right down the road from me. And so, um, you know, I, I, I try to still only tour with people that I'm like, you know, want to be around a lot. And not that there's people that I don't want to be around, but just my friends, you know, I, I, I love doing stuff like that. Uh, but it, it feels different. It really, it really does. And, and I, and I come to find out that I love the creative aspect of music. I didn't like carrying the music, if that makes any sense. It actually does, man. Um, it, it, it just felt like there was so much pressure behind carrying. That's, that's a heavy, heavy burden. Yeah. Like carrying the music where creating the music is to me, just, uh, I think it's what I fell in love with in the, in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so started getting back into that and started creating and, and, and doing that, man. Dude, that's, that's amazing. I, I had a guy one time at a camp he had had, he was a speaker by this time, but he had been playing for somebody and I can't remember who it was, but he'd had more success than we had had. And we were probably like five years into it. And I said, Hey, what's, you know, being like everybody else, what's the one piece of advice you have? And he said, when it stops being fun, it's time to stop. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at him because again, I'm only like five years in and I go, well, like, wait a minute, man. Like, what if God's called you to do that? You know, I started saying all these things and he mm -hmm. goes, when it stops being fun, mm -hmm. it's time to do something else. And so literally as you're talking about that, I, I get it, man, you know, yeah. uh, and we've never, I, I don't think we've had the success with the great romance that you guys have had. Um, but 20 years of doing this mm -hmm. and I'm some of the same things you're saying, it's like, I'm, I'm looking in a mirror because I don't like being gone from home as much. Mm -hmm. I don't like driving nine hours to go <laughs> like somewhere for an hour on a stage and barely talk to, you is know what I mean? Right, like, you know, for somebody <laughs> holding their fingers in their ears, you know, exactly. I all not to get here. <laughs> exactly, man. I mean, and even as you're saying that story, I specifically, I see a guy's face. I remember one day being at a church Sunday morning <laughs> and we started, I started playing the acoustic guitar, man. And he put his fingers. <laughs> and so I think that, that the fact that you could share that to me is, is such a big deal of like people who listen to this podcast and people who come up and ask all the time, you know, I want to play music. I want to do this for a living. What do I do? And I think what you're saying is you better be true to yourself. And as you walk along the journey, if stuff starts changing, you might have to adapt and like, that's okay. Yeah. You know? And I mean, like, that sounds like that's what, you have done and maybe that's why dj used to say that all the time because he mm -hmm. would you know kind of say stuff and be like yeah maybe, maybe so man maybe I, you talk to blake <laughs> yeah i think for me it was just like you know I, I i definitely found peace um that that i didn't have before when i was yeah. doing that and not that any of it was mistakes or anything like that there's just seasons man yeah. and you know, things lead you to, to other things, you know, one road leads you to another road. That's just the way it goes. And, you know, so, uh, you know, I just, after that, I knew that songwriting was the, was the thing because the first song I ever co-wrote was with Toby is I just need you. Okay. And that was one of his, the biggest songs. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I should try this for a little bit. <laughs> and so, you know, I started writing a lot, man. And, and writing with different artists and and just started getting cuts and singles and it was, i love it man and so yeah. i'm just doing that pretty often so let me ask you this question when you talk about the creative side of it so you know what is it about that that you do enjoy more like do you are you the guy who like you love a co-write session where it's two guys locked in a room writing uh is it in the studio when you guys are like trying out ideas is it all of that like what is it for you that you that you really enjoy about like the creative side of it 
probably all of the above. Okay. Um, I like, I definitely like trying different sounds and different things and, and, you know, just seeing where you can go. I love playing. I love wordplay. Um, mm -hmm. I love kind of, I love hooks in a song and just kind of bringing it back around telling the stories. I mean, that's, that's one thing that goes back to my great, great grandparents, man, is just like storytelling. Okay. And so that's both sides of my family. I remember just sitting around hearing them tell stories and jokes and stuff. And I, I'm still the joke guy on tour and stuff. And yeah, I can tell a mean story, man. So, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the, probably the part that I love the most is just storytelling. Yeah. And are you a, uh, are you a pop guy or are you a, like, do you have a genre that you slide into? Or do you like a little bit of everything? I don't, man. So, uh, I actually, um, Toby actually calls me the chameleon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, uh, he just named me that a long time ago, but it's, I, you know, I can, I can kind of, you know, fit in in any room. Um, if you will, I just, I, I, I grew up listening to everything first okay. of all. So, you know, dude, I've, uh, a few weeks back, I wrote with Lee Bryce, which is a country artist, yeah. um, uh, right with Toby. All right. Uh, with, uh, I got a few songs coming out with the band, a new band called Kane, which is oh, more okay. right with Zach. So, yeah. um, you know, so it goes from, you know, I, I probably am more of a, you know, just from my accent, you know, I'm probably more of a, a country guy in, in, in my storytelling, but I do love pop music. Um, I love gospel music. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've written some stuff with Terry and, which to me, um, it was just Toby's, uh, background singer, but she's also an artist too. And, okay. uh, she's got this amazing, like pop gospel voice, you know? So I love, I love that type of energy. Uh, but yeah, just, I mean, I say all that to say, you know, I, I, I if it's a great song, it's a great song, you know, to me. And, right. and I just like being in the room with that, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I struggle on the the creative side. I, I like more being in front of people. And huh. so uh, when I'm in the studio, um, they kind of bust my chops a little bit. Cause I'll be like laying on the couch Dude. having the creative moment. And they're like, Matt, what yeah. do you think? And I'm like, sounds great <laughs> for sure my dude our bassist was like that dustin man he dude uh, one of the best <laughs> bass players that i mean just he's really like amazing bass player and when it was time to turn on bro he could play dude yeah. but like if it wasn't if he wasn't playing on the track or in front of people i mean like <laughs> yeah it, 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 he, he'd speak into stuff but it wasn't just like he wasn't zoned in but i'm just like Right on the edge of my seat, dude, just like right in the producer's ear, you know, just like, yeah. let's try this. Let's try that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so different strokes for different folks, but yeah, yeah, man. I mean, he, I mean, he was still heavily involved. I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't involved at all. No, no, no. I get but yeah, man. I, I just think that, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if, if you know if if it's something that you love mm -hmm. if it's something that you want to dig into it's going to show itself and for me you know i i just loved i loved creating right. from the first time i was ever in the studio and so i think that just it, it came all the way back around and it was something that i was like okay this is this is, this is showing itself right now that this is what I really need to do because, you know, I mean, I, I think I thought you had to do music. I thought you had to perform. You right. Know? That was it. Right. And so I, I, you know, I don't know. And there was a season where I loved, I'll say this, there was a season where I loved the performing aspect. Yeah. And as a younger, as a younger kid, man, I remember wanting wanting to really be like center of attention in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, I just remember that. And now it's got like, I'm cool with hiding in the back room, man, for whatever reason. So it's just different seasons in life, man. Are, 
I know what you mean. I was, I was having that conversation because there was a time where, I mean, people worried about me to the point where they're like, I think if you couldn't play music with the band, I would be worried about, I don't, I don't say this lightly, but people would be like, I'd be worried that you would do harm to yourself because it's like, that's the most important thing to you. And what you said about seasons is I remember that. Yeah. And now I kind of look back and I'm like, why did I, why did I feel that? Cause that's the way yeah. I felt then, man. And now I'm like, you know, I, like I've started doing this podcast thing and like getting to talk to people like you mm-hmm. and hear people's stories is like the right now it's the greatest thing on the planet. I love doing it so much. And I like just hearing how different everybody is mm-hmm. and the process and all this stuff. And so I, just to agree with you, recognizing that it's just about seasons mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> and that's okay. Um, do you, uh, wife, kids, family? Yeah. So, uh, been married since 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a seven-year-old girl and a three-and-a-half-year-old boy. And they are polar opposites. Right. <laughs> yeah, my little girl, man, she's just like, she's so you know outgoing. She is the center of attention. Yeah. Um, and my little boy is so shy. But at home, my little girl's really chill. She's easy. And my son is a just... <laughs> Dude, he just destroys our house. There's no child oh my God. that makes a more of a mess than he does. <laughs> just like, and he's just so. I mean, he's he, he requires so much. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely a crazy season right now. Well, and did that? I mean, did that start to change some things? Of like, just thinking about, I wonder what the family's doing at home, and I'm not there. Yeah, but that's always kind of that's been a um, you know something that I guess it's probably been something that I, we've always dealt with in a healthy way. Good. Um, that's cool, man. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I still tour. Right. Uh, you know, um, my wife actually, you know, she probably loves every once in a while getting a break from me. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I relate to that. One. And, <laughs> and so, you know, she's, uh, she likes her a long time too. And I mean, dude, is you know everybody needs space sometimes so it's good to have that every once in a while you know be in each other's grills all the time you know right I just remember my wife saying to me one time she was like just like when you're home can you be home for sure yeah you know what I mean I've heard that a million times right and it sounds so simple but it's like you know don't just don't be thinking about the show that you got to get ready for in a week and a half yeah. We're on vacation in Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> I would be sure. like, it's a valid, it's a valid point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, for me, the the thing that we struggled with the most was I'd be on the road and everybody would just cater to you. Mm. It was always just here's after show food, here's snacks, here's your here's your lunch, your dinner, here's uh some waters, here's your you know, can we take you somewhere? Can we do right. this for you? And it's, it's a weird transition. You have to come home and you have to, you just have to turn into somebody totally different than who you were on the road. Right. And it's not that it's not like people really want to cater to you on the road. They're trying to, you know, you know, be good hosts. Right. And so you come home and use it. I mean, like you got to get out of that mindset. So I, I struggled with that a lot early on. Just, um, you know, not coming home and really helping her clean the house and stuff like that. I'd just be tired and, yeah. Yeah. And I would, you know, try to preserve all my energy for the road (laughs) in a lot of ways. Well, I remember hearing somebody one time, they were talking about an artist and they're like, I I think they just referenced Chris Tomlin and they're like, so imagine if you are Chris Tomlin and imagine that you're told every day for so long that you're awesome Mm -hmm. isn't there a point because back to we are humans again isn't there a point that which you maybe start to believe that and you start to look in the mirror a little bit and go i i am kind of a big deal you know people know me i I have many leather-bound books i (laughs) you know what i mean it's it's that back to being a human again yeah and 
that's why I, I remember one time DJ was at a men's retreat speaking and he said, so pride is the root of every sin we have. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to him say it and I go, well, maybe like not every sin, like I'm sure it's a lot. And I started like going down like different sins and stuff. I go, oh yeah, because the only reason I did that was because I was being selfish. Mm-hmm. And I only worried about myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's hard on a lot of like just Christian artists. I don't think it makes Christian artists jerks. Yeah. I just think if everybody keeps telling you how wonderful you are, yeah, it's, what's to stop you from going? Eh, I kind of am. Yeah, or 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 yeah, you just become, you know, disconnected from reality in a lot of ways. And that's it. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think about how lonely like Justin Bieber must feel sometimes. Right. Um, yeah, it's like right. I don't wish that on my worst enemy, dude. Like. Mm-hmm. Some people, you want something so bad and you finally get it and you're like, hmm, this is not what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that he's not grateful for where he is right. or, you know, any artist. You know, I was grateful for where we were, but it was definitely, there were definitely times where, you know, I was really disconnected from reality that people actually were out in the crowd dealing with cancer or, yes. you know, or, you know, about to get a divorce right yeah i i just i just saw faces yeah. eventually and when i got to that point i was miserable yeah yeah, yeah. i was really miserable and i and i wanted to i, I didn't want to I, I i felt like there was probably space for someone else that didn't just see faces anymore and and that's heavy dude <laughs> you know, and so for me i i i wanted to make sure that, that that space was available and that we we weren't just playing music you know right and not you know and you know i'm i'm not at that place anymore by the way you know i i, I definitely uh see faces now yeah. i see more than just faces now and uh you know it's it's it's, it's really cool to be in that position and really cool to uh, smell the roses again, if you will. Right. Right. Well, it's like you said, the seasons and you had to walk through that for a reason mm-hmm. right on the other side of it. And you can pass on, I think this kind of information to other people. Uh, I, I became a youth pastor three years ago. And, um, I mean, you want to talk about the last thing on the planet I ever wanted to do. <laughs> to be honest, I was like, well, no, I, I want to sing to him. I don't want to hang out with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just where I was at. And, uh, you know, long story short, I, I, I prayed about it and God was pretty clear with me about that's what he wanted me to do. But when you talked about seeing faces, um, that's kind of what started to change for me of just going like, there's these 25 kids that I know and I walk through life with them. And not that there's anything wrong with being the people that sing to thousands. nothing wrong with it but like I didn't ever get to really know any of them yeah and I didn't get to talk to them when they were trying to decide which college to go to and I didn't get to talk to them when they were struggling with if their relationship had gone too far with their boy so I I get what you mean and I just think sometimes God has a way of revealing that to us and being like you know why did you even get into doing this well you got into this because you love me and you wanted to do ministry Mm mm-hmm you did that thing for this time and now I got you to do this thing for this time. And as long as we can just kind of be like, you know, Hey God, I'm here to do what you want me to do. Even if maybe as many people like for me, you know, aren't paying attention to Mm -hmm. me much, is that okay? And like, I'm just at a place now where I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy. And I like, and I can tell, like just talking to you, like you can tell that you're happy in where you're at and you're like, You know, you're just chill about it. You're just like, yeah, man, this is what God wants me to do. And I, mm-hmm. I get to write songs. I get to go help uh, get children sponsored that change mm-hmm. their lives, like mm-hmm. actually physically change their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, th- this this has been cool. So I, I'm, I'm going to bring it back. Um, it's a little more lighthearted. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I hope that's okay. Yeah. Um, so I saw the shirt, had no plans on talking about this. Mm-hmm. Nick is wearing... This is a podcast, so Blake is wearing a Braves, an Atlanta Braves shirt, and I am a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. So at first I was like, you know, are we allowed to even be friends? Because there's, there's some blood that goes back 
two years ago, baby. <laughs> right? Alma, you made me shed a tear, baby. Right, man? Two years ago, man, that was oh, – Yeah. Was bad. That was like when the Patriots came back on the Falcons, man. That was <laughs> sad. Well, <laughs> and I'll tell you the one that hurts me the most uh, was 1996. Mm-hmm. And I was a freshman, sophomore in college. Yeah. And that was Tony LaRussa had just become our manager. Oh, yeah. And we were up three games to one. Mm-hmm. On, I will tell you this, a much better Braves team. Like, the, the, the Braves team, I mean, that was Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, yeah. a young Chipper Jones, Andrew yeah. Jones. You guys just were the better team. And somehow the Cardinals were up three games to one. Yeah. And I was going to college in Indiana, and I just remember being like, we're going to the World Series, man. Like, And we yeah. had, been, you know, 1987. We had yeah. – and, and the Braves – not only did the Braves come back, but proceeded – I mean, to whoop the tar. I mean, like <laughs> – I mean, it was like 14-2 to one game. Uh, the oh, final yeah, game, you're, you're like, game seven, we'll come back. 15 to – I mean – That's what you guys did to us two years ago, man. <laughs> That like I scored ten in and ten runs in the first inning, you know. I was like, I was so excited, man. My popcorn ready, bro. I was watching the game, and then I just felt like throwing up like ten minutes into it. So I was like, so, yeah. so have you been a Braves fan all your life? Oh yeah, dude. Okay. okay, first team for sure. I got into the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons for uh, for about ten years. Mm-hmm. Not into them as much anymore the last four or five years. Yeah. Um, and there's been a resurgence. There was actually probably five, six years I wasn't into the Braves as much. Um, they were just losing all the time. Yeah, yeah. there was some yeah. rough seasons there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But there's been such a resurgence in the last three years, and, and I've, I've really watched them. The last year I, I watched almost every single game, you know. Yeah. And – yeah, I, I, I'm definitely a Braves fan for sure. Um, who's your favorite player now? Uh, it's 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 weird, you know. I, I'm I'm definitely I definitely can. I, I love Freddie Freeman. Obviously, yeah. he's the, he's the leader of our team, and he's just I'm so a Freddie Freeman. Man. He's he's such a good dude. He, he just really, does everything. To me, he does everything the right way. Oh, he's pro, man. Yeah. Yes, yes. And those are the guys I like, man. Those are the guys. But, I, I like. but I, as far as just playing, I mean, everybody on our squad right now is just so fun to watch. But, yeah, Freddie's that type of guy, man. Like, he, he, he's not going to make a kid cry behind the scenes, you know. Like, I'm not going to sign your baseball. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, he'll go out of his way to sign the baseball, man. So, and you, you can think tell. That- you think the Braves are going to have a good season this year? I do, I do. Our because our pitching's there this year. Right. Our, you know, last year was we were we were pretty injured. And you guys didn't really lose anybody offensively, did you? No, we only you gained people. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good year for us. Right. The, the Dodgers are still tough to get by. So yeah, we we the Cardinals might meet y'all in the playoffs again. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, which are always fun, fun playoffs. Yeah. Um, so it's good to meet a baseball fan as well. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've had COVID, you know, for, I've been on my 10 day quarantine and it was about three. Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that? I'm going to tell you right now, uh, it has, it's like whooped me. Yeah. Um, I had heard stories and I know it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, for like six to seven days, I would walk to the bathroom and walk back and go, I think I need a nap. Yeah. I mean, it's the energy thing for me has been the worst of it. And uh, t- uh, day 10 was yesterday for me, uh, quarantine over. And so I'm finally able to get like out. I mean, still, you know, masking up and stuff, but yeah. um, I'm just not getting my energy back. And I, of course, have a D now to play this weekend. So mm-hmm. timing is what it is. Uh, my wife's not doing great. She's still the cough. Mm-hmm. She can't get over it. Um, and she's a children's minister at our church. Mm-hmm. So both of us are, you know, trying, trying to do that stuff from, from a distance. But I, I started finding like going down the YouTube rabbit holes and I came across all these MLB documentaries mm-hmm. 
And one night, man, I was up till like two in the morning. I watched one on the night on the nasty boys from the nineties reds, <laughs> uh, the old Montreal expos. And I started watching old, I watched the whole thing on Mike Trout just again, another, oh, yeah. you know? So anyway, I, I know we can talk baseball all the time, <laughs> but I know with songwriting, the other thing that you're doing is I know you're a fitness guy and yeah. I to see if you wanted to talk anything about what you're doing with that. Just so yeah, know. sure. So, I mean, when, <laughs> when is this podcast actually going to release? Okay, so I drop it this next this Monday. This coming okay. Monday. All right. So if you want to like not say things or I, I don't mind, I don't mind saying it because it's going to happen here in the next few weeks. Okay. So uh, we're actually so uh, I used to own a gym back in Georgia. Okay. I went to school for fitness and exercise. My wife went to school. Uh, uh, she's a she got her bachelor's degree in nutrition, which uh, she kind of she never really fell in love with that. She's actually going back to school right now, getting her master's in history. Okay. Uh, she loves the history channel. And so <laughs> she's all in the history, man. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I've always been into fitness. I never really like was consistent at it. Yeah. Um, up until when, when lockdown happened last year, COVID, I was like, I got to do something. So mm-hmm. man, I started to just, I started working out like crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Just really just started working on my diet and everything. And I'm coming around now to almost a year into it, but um, I started working out uh, probably four months ago, five months ago here at uh, our local gym and met this, I met this guy, man, in there. He's just, he was the biggest dude in the room. So I went up to him. I was like, Hey, you want to be my workout partner? <laughs> and uh, it's, dude, such a, such an awesome guy. I fell in love with him immediately. And he started really, really helping me out. And I saw my body started like transforming pretty quick and his knowledge and it just, everything was just so but cool. Dude, you look pretty jacked. I'm uh, to be honest with you. Like I've seen your forearms move up to the screen. I'm like, okay, man, uh, it's time for me to get back in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I've been working hard, man. Like okay. we're, we're, we're two hours a day in the gym. Just it shows, dude. It does. He's getting after it. And so, uh, you know, we were, we were working out, man. And, and, and like, we couldn't, honestly, we, we got our workouts would, would get interrupted pretty often from people coming up to him and asking him questions, just advice and everything. Just um, n- not because he's the best looking guy in the gym or he's got the, you know, he is a big dude, but his knowledge, man, is just incredible. Yeah. And uh, his name's Seth, by the way. And he's, okay. he's about 44 years old, a little older than me. Right. Um, and so I was just like, man, we got, we need to, I mean, maybe do something with this. I used to own a, a gym back in Georgia, man. I, I kind of always been in the fitness. I've always wanted to do something with it. And so we're actually in the next few weeks, uh, we've been actually uh, building an app with a, with a marketing team out of uh, Kentucky. Wow. And they came alongside of us and uh, it's going to be uh, it's super cool. The name of our, the name of our business is Iron Animal Fitness, mm-hmm. and we're building workout programs, virtual workout programs, all based on around different animal attributes. And so the first one we're coming out with is going to be called The Lion, and it's 12-week programs of just we're, we're going in like at midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning to the uh, gyms, man, and recording uh, instructional videos and stuff like that. And it's, Jeez. it's going to be timed out and everything. I mean, it's, it's really cool. It, it is really built around like lifting weights and stuff. It's not like, you know, P90X or. All right. Or not or that. I, I got yeah, no, it's, it's really built around lifting weights and stuff. And it's kind of in that niche, but it really is um, super fun to, to see people respond to it and have people actually want to come alongside of us and, and, you know, we knew we wanted to do something online, but, you know, we never thought somebody would come alongside and say, we want to help you build an app and everything. Yeah, so actually have the first draft. I don't know if you can see this, um, but it's right here. Oh, geez. 
So that's our first draft. Of You're already the actual. There it is. Oh man. So yeah, man, it's it's gonna be that's super cool. Sweet, dude. Yeah, it's got it's got all kind of stuff in it, man. It's like it's got your calorie counter, your macros. Um, it's got uh, you know, just a form in there. Your workout programs are gonna be in there. We're gonna be releasing workout programs pretty often. And it's fun, man. It's exciting. Um, you know, if, if you know, I'm kind of in the place where it's like, you know, if something happens with it, cool. If right. not, I love it, you know. And so, right. it's, 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 you know, some people are going to use it. It's going to be fun. And so, yeah. yeah well, I mean, especially in this day and age, you know, that's right in people's wheelhouse, I would think, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot cheaper. The way we're doing it, too, is it's, <laughs> you can hire a personal trainer, you know, uh, which I have my certification in that as well. I got that during COVID as well. Yeah. Um, or quarantine, I should say. And, uh, you can hire a personal trainer for, for, you know, 75 bucks an hour. Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. learn a little bit, or you can do some of these online programs and learn right. a lot with like heavy instructional videos. So I think things are kind of moving that way a little bit more technology, you know, will swing things you know so sometimes i'm just, i mean even the fact that you know back in the day i wouldn't be able to do this i mean <laughs> you know we're literally oh, talking the internet and recording yeah. stuff and then like posting it somewhere where other people can listen to conversation i i don't know i i know i'm showing my age and <laughs> no, I, was, I was watching tv the other night and there was something it was like a, a late 80s disney video yeah and i was like man Remember when like people couldn't get a hold of you twenty four seven? Yeah, and dude, the one the thing that I, we used to ride in the van and have these, you know, crazy conversations. Obviously, you guys have done that too. <laughs> like, man, how how can you take a picture on your phone and it float through the air <laughs> across the country and be on somebody else's phone in a millisecond? Right. I was like, how does that happen? Right. right. And they're like, well, it bounces off the, the, I was like, yeah, but how does that happen? Right. I get, I get what you're saying, but how did, I used to watch the Jetsons, man. And I remember Leroy had a watch that he watched cartoons on in class. And oh, yeah. I was like, can you imagine if whenever you wanted to watch TV, you could have it in your hand and watch yeah. TV. Yeah. And now it's like, that's, that's nothing. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like if 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 this world was, it, you know, if it was up to me mm-hmm. to to you know provide the technology that this world needs, we'd still be riding on you know, looking <laughs> like bricks and stuff and stones. And I mean, it's right <laughs> in trouble, bro. Because I don't understand how any of it no. works, really. I I don't either, and not to use it, but I don't understand how. Right. And it amazes me like the young, young, young kids who like, you know, I remember looking at my dad when he would ask me to record a show for him on our VCR. (laughs) And I remember mocking him. (laughs) Now, you know, like I'm using Instagram and they're like, hey, well, you know, you can stream that live just like you can Facebook. I'm like, oh, how do you do that? I'm like, oh, I'm my dad. Um, <laughs> my dad oh, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm there, bro. Like we, I, I remember just being like, those old people are so weird. <laughs> right. And now I'm like the guy that's like, slow down. You're driving too fast in my neighborhood. <laughs> huh? We're at the gym and I'm like, Look at those kids over there, man. That's a weird haircut they've got, you know? Right. It's just like, I'm, I'm the old guy now. And then you kind and of... I'm not even old yet. I'm still the old guy. Well, right. And you, I'm sure you have the same thoughts I do. I'm like, so when did this happen? Like, you oh. know, was it like a certain day three years ago? And then, or was like when I... Because I'm 43. So, like, was it when I hit 40? Yeah. And all this stuff starts... And I, I mean, I don't think I'm, you know, like that... Oh, bro. Maybe I'm fooling myself, but uh, the same, and DJ and I, we have these conversations all the time, man. especially if we, and I, I know we got to end, but if we start talking oh, yeah. NBA basketball from the 90s, <laughs> we start comparing the games today and now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know how it is. Well, it's just like yeah. baseball. You know, in the 80s, yeah. everybody ran and everybody stole bases. Yeah. Uh, and everybody was skinny. Yeah. <laughs> and 
you know, people started like working out and then now if you don't hit 45 home runs, you're yeah loser. So, yeah. Uh, hey, dude, I, seriously, man, I get it. Now that I've talked to you, it now immediately makes sense why DJ was like, you need to talk to me. <laughs> like, it makes total sense. Uh, I think you are a genuine human being, a genuine good, like a genuinely good guy. And just that whole conversation at the beginning about walking through that season, um, I think people are going to really enjoy this. And so like, thank you for taking oh, yeah. time, man, to do this. Uh, Blake Thanks, Smith, man. check out Iron Animal Fitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Download that app. Uh, and yeah. if you're listening to the radio, you probably heard a song that he co-wrote on. And uh, when I get to Nashville, uh, hopefully in April, man, uh, yeah, man, I might just give you a holler and do lunch or something. Uh, Cause it's it. good dude. So thank you yeah. so much, man, for doing this, being on for the show sure. today. This is the Great Romance Podcast. Thank you.